You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Hello, all you cyber cats, kittens, canines, and creatures under all creation. This is Diane West coming at you from Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. How are you today? Thanks for tuning in to us. I have uh, an interesting show for you today. I hope all of our shows are interesting, but I hope this one in particular is interesting. First, um, I talk with someone who has a rather famous little Yorkie. I'm sure you'll recognize who it is as soon as um, we come back. And the one trick that they told me upon all other tricks are built. I, I was very enlightened by this. So if your pet knows this one trick, their capacity for learning all others is practically unlimited. I also talk with the um, one of the leaders of the Upper East Side Small Dog Group here in New York and how they got their dog run together. And let me tell you, small dogs, big bite. We'll be right back. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? So first I promised you a surprise celebrity, and that is going to be Jilly Dog, the Yorkie who, if you don't know, I, I don't know what to tell you. you. You've been living under a rock or, or something. Her trick is the poker playing dog. And I had the pleasure of speaking with her owner, Rick Karen, who is very, very involved in uh, Yorkie issues as well uh, and has a Yorkie magazine as well. Ever since I saw Jilly actually playing poker, I've always been fascinated on just how Rick got her to do this. So I finally tackled him, I sat him down, and I made him answer. Well, okay, he he volunteered. Uh, He's a great guy. Listen in. Let's see what he said. And you're here once again with Diane West with Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. And I have finally tackled and got to sit down someone who I've been trying to get to interview for a long time Rick looking in your direction Rick Karen and uh, the famous and absolutely amazing Jilly Dog so thanks so much for sitting down for five seconds with me Rick it's my total pleasure Diane I really wanted to do this also I just think we just haven't been in the right time at the right place but you've done a lot of wonderful things and I hear good things about you all the time and right back at you as well, Rick. Now, can you tell us a little bit? I mean, I, I'm find it hard to believe that people haven't heard about Jilly Dog at this point. But I mean, can you tell us a, a little bit about how you started with with Jilly Dog, and um, you know, just some of the amazing things that you do with her? Jilly was a stray. Found her in the street nine, eight, eight and a half years ago. She was told we were told that she was six months at the time, and. Uh, you know, you, you can't believe why some people might throw out a dog like this. We don't know. But there are some people, if they make a little mess on the rug or something, mm-hmm. they're, they're out the door. We just try to figure it out. We couldn't figure it out. But, but she's just a blessing to us. And I've trained dogs all my life. It's something that I've done as a hobby. When I was eight years old, I, I used to go to the local pound down the street. And uh, I would hang out there and just go inside. I go. My mother could always tell because I'd come home. She goes, "You smell like you've been in the pound," <laughs> you know. So she always knew, you know. So so I would go in there and I would find. I loved Lassie in those days, and uh, I still love Lassie. But I would want to train dogs, and I didn't know how. But I just would be at, at the pound, and I would. They'd have all the dogs in one room usually. They they could be all different sized dogs, and a lot of alpha dog going on there. Was this in New York? This was in uh, uh, Smithtown, Long Island. Yeah, I grew up in Smithtown. I live now in Huntington, Long Island. So I would go to the pound, and I would sit there, and I would start training dogs just for fun, not knowing what I was doing, just sit down on the floor and have them do something, shake hands, have them spin, have them lie down. And I would train who I thought were the smarter dogs. Then I noticed dogs that I didn't think were trainable, because what do I know? I was eight years old. I would see them doing the same tricks just by watching I was fascinated by it, so I got to know the dogs, and I got to actually, in those days, friends knew I would go down there, and if anybody wanted a dog, I helped them pick a dog. Mm -hmm. If it was for a senior citizen who needed a quiet, gentle dog, I'd show them which one. If it was for kids who needed a dog that could take rough handling or whatever, I'd show them which one. It was was really, it was a lot of fun, and it was, and they kind of thought it was a semi-nuisance, but (laughs) down there, you know, but but they they tolerated me for several years, actually. I went down, it it was, so with that, I've trained dogs all my life without even thinking about it being training. I just always like to communicate. I always like to do things that would um, 
co communicate and cooperate, you know, cooperation back and forth with the dog. I find that words meant something. If they learned words, they loved it. They loved it, and you'd be consistent with the same word, you know, and, and, and so they knew what you're talking about. They, they loved the communication, loved everything about that. But I would take Jilly out, and she was above and beyond. She was above and beyond. She, was, she, was, she, was, <laughs> she just does some extra special things, and I could see it pretty soon, right in the very beginning. And uh, so I started training Jilly, and she did tricks, and she was popular locally, uh, six six years maybe five or six years we'd go into stores or we'd go to parties and we'd go to visit my mom and she'd get into a nursing home in later years and I found that people loved it so I'd go back and visit everybody and even after my mom passed away I continued to do that we belonged to uh, Therapy Dogs International that's what it is oh, okay. and um, and we did that and we also she Jilly is the Goodwill Ambassador to um, Yorkie Rescue you know, York, Yorkshire Terrier National Rescue. But anyway, back to the point of what I was saying. I just noticed that Jilly was pretty exceptional. That she did, you know, some pretty cool tricks. And then she learned fast. And then I, and she thinks. That's the whole thing. She thinks a lot. She really cl clearly thinks. And she'll tell me if she doesn't think that trick is doable on a given day. And I'll, I'll honor that. <laughs> I'll honor that. Now, wait, wait a second. I, when Rick says tricks, we're not just talking sit, stay, roll over, speak. I mean, which are all great tricks. I mean, we were just treated to to uh, a, a performance by Jilly and Rick and, and I've, I've seen him also before I think we met on the cruise I think yes. uh, last year yes. and I mean no Jilly plays poker Jilly does magic tricks. Jilly knows the difference between a twenty and a dollar, and, and she plays basketball. And she she can fetch a tissue for you when you sneeze. I mean, how like like okay, how did you teach her to retrieve a card? Like, let's just even pick something and, and ask her. People ask me a lot. How do I teach her how to play poker? Uh, sometimes people come up to me and they say, "How do you, I want to teach my dog how to play poker? How do I do that?" And I say, "Well, what does your dog do now?" And they say, "Nothing." I say, "Well, you know, you don't start with poker, you know." So, and so, uh, so, uh, but basically, people will ask me often every time we do a show, a, a seminar, or a performance. They'll say, "How did you teach her how to play poker?" And I always tell them that I didn't teach her how to play poker. She actually, when she was very young, when we first had her, she used to sneak out at night. She started hanging out with street street dogs, smoking, drinking, and that leads to gambling. And the real story is that, that a friend of mine from the West Coast, uh, Kira Sundance, who's a very well-known uh, dog trainer, she has uh, Chelsea as her dog, she said to me, asked me, she thought, and Jilly should learn how to do a card trick. So I said, okay. So I got a magic book out, and I picked out a card trick that I thought would be suitable for Jilly. And it's to pick a card, any card, and you you, uh, you saw it before. I pick a card, any card, and then she picks it out of the pile. I show it to the audience, and then I put it in the ba back in the box after shuffling and shove the box in a magic bag. She goes in and pulls out the card. Okay, And of course, it has human set up, but, but she does it beautifully. That's the thing. You know, I mean, it's, it's the way she performs it. And uh, so then I saw how nicely she handled the cards. Okay. How did you actually teach Jilly to to pick a card? That's easier. Oh, to pick a card? Yeah, oh, well, like just a basic. Okay, yeah, that's first of all, uh, Spidey doesn't do it. I have another dog who who does a lot of tricks, and he's good. So not every dog is going to do every trick. Jilly can't do frisbee. Spidey plays piano. Jilly can't play piano. But the, the basically, so many tricks are based on fetch. So many tricks are based on fetch. Now, she's an incredible fetcher. She does all kinds of fetching. She does it up and down staircases, and she does it. She was in Will Rogers' Follies on the giant staircases fetching toys. So she knows how to fetch, and she knows how to put it in a specific spot. When I first started teaching her to put the fetch toy between my feet, 
I, she would put it a foot or two short, and I'd say, right in the middle, right in the middle. And, and my friend Judy said, uh, well, you know, that's close enough, isn't it? And I said, well, you know, it is, but she can really do it right, you know. So you just work on it a little bit every day, not, you know, very positively. Before you know, she puts it right exactly in the middle. And she let, but you also have a food treat for her. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You, what you do is you feed your dog basic food. She, she eats kibble. She doesn't eat any canned food. And the treats are cheese, mozzarella cheese, not too spicy, and uh, also white meat chicken. And, and so, so when you're not doing tricks, she doesn't have that kind of treat. You save that for the treat time, so they become where they love treats. And so, so anyway, so then I have, so the fetching starts. So you have her fetching. She's a very accurate fetcher. So then you have them fetch different things. Now, uh, with the card, I would just place the card on the floor, and I'd say, fetch it. I kind of even throw it a foot or two away. i say, fetch it. And do it on the carpet so she can get her teeth underneath it. Otherwise, they'll hurt their teeth. So then she'll run over and fetch it and bring it back. And because she was such a good fetcher already, she could do that. You can't start without having your dog know how to fetch first. So really the advice that you would give to folks that would want to go beyond the sit-stand rollover and maybe do a card trick is, is to focus on what the dog does naturally and what seems to enjoy, like, like fetching, and then try and, and jump off from that, like, oh, like fetch a ball, fetch a card, fetch a this, or tissue. Okay, no, so, I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to really get. Now, where, where can people see uh, some of the amazing Julie Dog uh, demonstrations? I know she's a YouTube star already, correct, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Julie has her own website, and on her website, all the YouTube videos are listed. And her website is JillyDog.com, J-I-L-L-I, Dog. Dog.com, jillydog.com, all one word. And uh, if you write us, if you write to us uh, through that website, we'll put you on her mailing list and tell you when she's going to be on TV. She's going to be on Animal Planet soon, on uh, uh, public broadcasting soon. She's going to be on, you know, she gets on various times. We'll t let you know. We'll put you on her mailing list. Oh, absolutely. I'll definitely be signing up for that mailing list. I mean, I got to tell you, if you, if you want to do something that's going to give you a smile every single day, just log on to jillydog.com and the videos go to videos on jelly dog and um yeah you'll you'll just make big smile rick i am so i got you to sit down even more than five seconds i am and and jilly thank you baby thank you for being so patient thank you rick thank you so much diane it's my pleasure to see you again and i hope we can see you more and maybe we'll see you at some events because you kind of run in the same circles that we run in <laughs> As long as we're not chasing our tails. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rick. Thanks. Is that something? I, I really, just that one trick, learning how to fetch, um, it can help you learn what your pet likes to do. And, I, I, you know, because Rick said that, I actually tried that with my more rambunctious cat's fish. Um, she loves to chase things. And so I said, okay, Rick says, figure out what they like to do. So Fish loves to chase things. And um, I said, well, maybe I could get her to jump through a hoop. So I took uh, <laughs> I took a rim from an old uh, uh, lamp. <laughs> See, that's recycling. And I tried to get her to jump through a hoop. And lo and behold, guess what? She chased the thing I was holding right through the hoop. So Rick, you got it going on. We'll be right back with the second part of our show, Little Dog's Big Bite. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Thank you. 
There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagadelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? One thing you guys living in the suburbs might not realize is that in, in New York City, you might see a lot of dogs, but the dogs have to go somewhere. Okay, that that's a little double entendre there. But really, uh, physically and literally, um, if you could find a pet-friendly apartment, first of all, that that's a challenge. And then just taking your dog out to exercise. We do have a number of dog runs. Uh, first dog run was started downtown about 20 years ago um, in Tompkins Square Park. We've grown to about having, I think it's a little bit over 50 throughout the five boroughs. But it's not always easy to get the community to sign on to um, having a dog run in the neighborhood, let alone have a segregated dog run. But we had some feisty New Yorkers who not only got a dog run built on something that used to be an old heliport, actually, on the on the east side, very, very scenic place uh, to be a dog, but also how they got it to be segregated for large dogs on one side and small dogs on the other. We'll talk with one of the leaders there and ask her how she did it. And we are here on the beautiful East River right underneath the, I believe this is the uh, Queens 59th Street Bridge. And, uh, and we also, I'm watching the tram go by, which goes to Roosevelt Island. And the newest addition to this beautiful panoramic view here is a small and large dog run. And I'm talking with Lori Light of the um, small dog group that was very, very instrumental, along with a lot of other community leaders and Monica and uh, as well uh, <laughs> to, you know to get this put here now you would think that to get a dog run put up is you know okay fine you put a fence up you throw a ball in there and mazel tov you get a dog run uh, Lori you're going to tell us otherwise well no it's a lot more difficult than that especially when there were absolutely no plans for a small dog run to start. Now, now tell us like a, a little bit about, for our listeners who may not be um, familiar with the Upper East Side area here, What kind of describe, if I, I'm coming from out of town, what this would look like to somebody. From a dog standpoint? From a dog standpoint. Um, the East Side, well, I can actually tell you this exactly because I took the time to do a census of over 100 buildings in a 20 block radius of the park from the east 50s to the east 70s and going from building to building I put together a census to prove that 78% of the dogs in this neighborhood are small dogs which we then certainly thought warranted having a separate small dog run. Now, small dogs meaning like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Shih Tzus and Shelties, uh, other, uh, that kind of sort. I mean, I think that, I don't know what the official weight cutoff is, but I think it tends to be around 23, 25 pounds and under. Mm-hmm. 
which does not include large breed puppies. Okay. Now, now, so what do you attribute this? Uh, was there a growing surge of uh, pet owners in, in this area, or were there always pet owners here and they just were hidden? What, which? No, I, I think what happened was we had a dog run on 60th Street for many years that was just one run for large, small, whatever. And many of the small dog owners, such as myself, started out using it until a lot of us. Now, I, I will absolutely say there are many small dog owners who have no problems with their dogs playing with large dogs, and that's fine. I just happen to be a small dog owner that chooses not to. I just came to the conclusion after a few incidents that it's just not safe for a nine-pound dog to be running around with a dog, you know, six times its size. And it's, it's not even a matter of aggression, just throwing a ball. If you have a Maltese running with a, you know, a retriever that's 60 pounds, he can get in his way and be trampled. And, you know, the little guys just don't have a chance. So, so just to clarify, so at, at one point uh, there was a dog run on 60th and where? Right, you, we can see it from right here. We're now on 63rd and we're looking at 60th. So okay. basically three blocks from here was just one big 5,000 square foot run. And no like gravel or anything, it was just kind of... It was a concrete surface. And I actually think it was not initially designated as a dog run. I think many, many years ago, just a group of dog owners decided to make it a dog run right, right. and enclosed it somehow. So that, And then as, as people increasingly used it over the years, you yourself, a, a small dog owner, and as saw that not that there was um, any kind of intentional uh, contention, but the small dogs and the, and the large dogs were not always mixing. The, not always mixing from a safety standpoint. And... Um, I mean, I know with Rupert, I took him there pretty much every day when he was a baby, up till maybe a year, year and a half, until one day a big dog grabbed him by its neck, flipped him over, and I said, you know what? We're not coming here anymore. And, um, and I think what happened, a lot of us with small dogs found ourselves not having a place to take our dogs in this neighborhood. So many of us would schlep up to Carl Schur's, which is the closest small dog run up on 84th, that's where the Gracie Mansion Park is. Right? Yes, absolutely. And that's pretty much what I've been using with him for the last two years or so. But obviously, when you live right across the street from a dog run, you'd love to have it there. Now, what were some of the obstacles that you had to, to uh, contend with to get to get to where we are now? Which, again, is it was standing a beautiful view right of the East River. You could sit here and watch your dog and watch the boats go at the same time. It's, it's really nice. But what were some of the hurdles between now and watching boats well initially this was supposed to be a 5,000 square foot space planned by the city to literally be split down the middle between a small run and a large run and that probably was obviously not realistic but that was the initial plan apparently a lot of the people who used the 60th street run found out about it because when community boards started holding meetings for it they posted signs but None of us saw signs, except for those who went to the dog run, because that's where the signs were. They came together, had a few meetings, and felt that it was unfair to split the run, that they wanted all the space. The large dog people. There were some small dog people mixed in there who fought not to have a small dog run. 
and community board and the city went along with it and said, fine, no small dog run, we'll just give you one giant open run, which is exactly when I found out about it, and it was March of last year. Somebody just casually on the street mentioned to me one day, so did you hear? And I said, what? And, and I literally, I'm not exaggerating, I came home, I probably made 20 phone calls to community board, to parks, to city council to find out who I could talk to. The same time I started sending mass emails to every single person I knew with a dog and asked them to please then forward it on to people they knew. And 24 hours later, I had 300 people email me back, hence small dog people. That's what we decided to call ourselves, and in turn... So in 24 hours, 20 emails, 300 people. Yeah, we were able to rally all the small dog owners in this neighborhood who have longed for a separate small dog run, who heard that they took it away from us, and, um, and all 300 of us started emailing Community Board and Parks. And what, which Community Board? Is that Community Board 8? Community Board 8. And... Um, about 24 hours later, they said, fine, we'll have another meeting. <laughs> and that's when it really turned unpleasant. Now, what, what was a lot of the, uh, I guess, objection, if you could kind of summarize some of the biggest objections? Well, other than referring to small dogs as rats who, you know, have no rights, it was... That's a big one. Yeah, I think, quite frankly... A lot of people just did absolutely not want to give up one square foot of space. They felt that it would, I forget the exact phrasing, but the long and narrow design of the, of the park would lead to dog aggression. The long and narrow design of the new proposed park. Yes. Okay. And they felt that cutting it off to give a portion to the small dogs would just then enclose their dogs in too tight a space mm -hmm. and that would be unfair and dangerous. Well, my reaction to that was, well, in fact, if you find that to be dangerous, how can you even question our concerns about safety? Mm -hmm. And um, and they just, I mean, I have to tell you, the first community board meeting we held where we all came together was really one of the nastiest meetings I've ever attended. I mean, people stood up with the most ridiculous comments about small dogs they don't like to play all they do is jump up on your lap and I can't stand them and it was just now, was this from people that owned larger dogs or the most part I mean there there were a couple of people who had small dogs who stood up and said I don't want a small dog run my dog wants to play with big dogs to which my feeling was fine I'm not asking you to use the small dog run I'm just asking for those of us who choose not to put our dogs in jeopardy, just give us a space. And and what happened was they parks somehow came up with another thirteen hundred square feet to make the total sixty three hundred square feet. Is that what we're looking at now? Sixty three. Yes, okay. Are. That still wasn't good enough for them to section off. At the end of the meeting. They said, fine, community board said, fine, we'll see what we can do and maybe give you 800 square feet. Well, 800 square feet is a patio. And um, we came home from the meeting, and over the next couple of weeks, what I did was go up to Carl Schur's Park every Sunday, and take every Saturday and Sunday, and take pictures of the small dog run and the large dog run. And I would email them to city council 
parks, and community board. And what you would see would be anywhere from 40 to 60 dogs in the small dog run and 12 in the large dog run. At the same time, that's exactly when I went out and did my census. Right. Um, I so now, as things obviously, well, maybe not obviously, you tell me, have things gotten a little bit smoother since that first contentious uh, meeting? I mean, I'm looking here and I, I see some large uh, labs and other dogs uh, running around gleefully on the other side of the fence, and I see about, what, maybe eight or ten of your guys uh, jumping around here. Mm -hmm. so I think you know what it's only been open now what about 10 no about 10 days 11 days mm -hmm. I would say in our first week there were a few unpleasant incidents mm -hmm. people with large dogs trying to bring their dogs in here just for probably no other reason than to harass us people screaming at us were snobs and mm -hmm. segregationists however I will say for the most part other than a handful of people who participated you know, a year ago in really objecting to this. I think most dog owners are reasonable people and, um, and absolutely understand why we would want a separate small dog run. So it's not that you're going to stand here at the, at the small dog run section and tell big dogs that they can't come in here or, oh, no, or they absolutely cannot, they, come, they cannot in. come in here. Well, I mean, okay. that's, it's okay. the, no, there will be a sign, okay. they just haven't delivered yet, that will say, you know, this run is for small dogs, 23 pounds and under. Okay, so then this will be for them, and this side here will be for, if I have a small dog and I want to bring them in this Absolutely. Side, okay. Oh, sure, and, and it's like, I don't, any one of my friends with a small dog who is comfortable using the big run, that's absolutely fine. I just choose not to, and don't give me a hard time because of that. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I'm really hopeful I'm hopeful that we can all peacefully coexist, mm -hmm. and all of our dogs can play and have a great time. So Now, what, what groups, uh, just to, uh, to summarize, I guess, and I give a shout-out to any groups that you think in particular kind of helped you get to where we are today? Sure, I absolutely um, worked with the guys from Nice Dog. Who I know you know, Garrett and Bob. Yeah, and Bob Marie and Garrett has uh, the small dog run down at right Tompkins, at right? Tompkins. Absolutely. I mean, they were a huge amount of help to me in um, just about everything, and um, and and all the small dog people who really got together and supported it, and. Um, and I think our persistence, I mean, I literally just hammered away at parks and city council. Did parks contribute money toward this as well? Um, I'm not exactly sure how the breakdown is. I know city council had to allocate a certain amount of money for it. I don't know if it's just been given to parks and they spend it however they choose. I honestly don't know the specifics. But, um, and there are a few large dog owners who also worked with us. Okay, great. Well, uh, and how many members would you say you have at this moment? In small dog people? Yeah. A couple of hundred. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like an ongoing active day-to-day -day group where we have nothing to fight about right now. We have no major causes, but obviously we're, you know, we're all still connected. And, um, and I know every small dog owner is so thrilled to have this run, and we love it. Now, if, uh, as someone who's been through this process, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as you had described yes. it, if you were uh, a dog owner in another city, mm -hmm. and you were coming against the same problem that, you know, small dogs, big dogs, right. it, it might be better mm -hmm. to have a separate right. allocation, what, what would be your number one piece of advice to them in, in a way to start to, to maybe get that? 
I think organize, have a group because numbers make a difference. I think get your statistics down. I mean, I know I initially presented statistics on dog injuries, small dog injuries in non-segregated dog runs. I obviously proved the population of the small dog run and persistence, persistence, persistence. I mean, that's absolutely, I think you need to have a big support group who comes out in the community and speaks because you know what? If we didn't, we would have never gotten this. Well, and again, here we are with Lori Light, who uh, a year, many years later in the making, we we now stand on the the crest of the East River here with boats going by and dogs frolicking, small dogs in their spot and large dogs in their spot. And uh, so far, so good. Absolutely. We're thrilled. We love it. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. Yeah, told you, little dogs, big bite, especially if they happen to be New York dogs. Um, I, I really thought that was a very interesting story, how um, they not only got the dog run built, you know, having to, to work with local community leaders, but also then, after that, pushing the envelope a little bit more and saying, okay, we want big dogs on one side and small dogs on the other. If you have any thoughts on that, always feel free to email me. Uh, do you believe in segregated dog runs, or do you think that's a, I don't know, it's a bit overprotective? Let me know. Diane at PetLifeRadio.com. Write me anytime. So, once again, like I said, time has flown by and it is time to say goodnight. But we have some events coming up I want to let you guys know about. Really, this whole month, once again, um, like October, is going to be nuts with parties. And if you don't get out, really, you're, you're lame. you, you got to get out. It's the holidays. Come on. Fish people, I did not forget about you. Shout out to our friends at Brooklyn Aquarium Society. They're having their holiday party Friday, December 12th at, guess what, the New York Aquarium. I love these guys. If you need to know anything about fish, this is where you go, really. They they are, I don't know what to tell you. They, they have rivers of knowledge. Okay, I, you're going to smack me for that one. Let me shut up now. If you want to pick up some more events, like I said, this entire month of December is going to be pets, 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 holiday parties, fundraisers, lots of dogs, lots of holiday cheer, lots of cats, lots of fish, birds, you have it. Log on to www.newyorktales.com. Let me spell that for you, N-E-W-Y-O-R-K. T-A-I-L-S dot com and I will have most of the events for December posted up there um, shortly. I'll do my best to get them up there this weekend. And that's it. And we will see you soon. Definitely keep your ears open for um, I think the next week or two. We're going to be introducing an exciting new show once a month. We're going to open up on Pets in the City, The City Pound with a good friend of mine from the ASPCA, Victoria Wells. We will be talking with musicians who love their pets, and it's going to be very edgy, and I hope you'll listen in. Thanks once again to all of our sponsors for Pets in the City and Pet Life Radio. We love you. Hope you keep us on the air. Thank you, Mark, for putting up with me when I'm late filing my story and uh, cleaning it up for me. And I will see you guys soon. And and Carlos, this is for you. I hope I sound a little bit more animated. (laughs) Inside joke. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.
New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>